Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we're going to warm California to talk to Dr. Pamela Lindsay, who is the co-founder of the College of Adaptive Arts. And welcome, Pam, and we're going to start with your academic background. Well, thank you for having me. It's really an honor and a privilege to talk to you today. My goodness, and it sure is warm finally out here today. <laughs> okay. Let's see the academic background. Well, uh, I have a doctorate in educational leadership with a focus on curriculum and instruction with an emphasis on those things for adults with all differing learning abilities, higher education for special needs learners. And that's something that doesn't really exist per se in doctoral programs. So I looked quite a while to find a, a program that would allow me to uh, learn to build the programs that we're building here at CAA. Um, so I started actually that pursuit after we started the college and realized, hmm, going to need a little more here. To, we need to go and learn how to do this and just cull from lots of different sources and really get into some more research on this. So uh, that's been a pretty joyful pursuit. And so through that program, I was able to build a lot of the programs here at CAA um, including our model for instructional development and delivery and student behaviors and how we train our teachers and all those lovely things um, with a focus on being able to serve all levels of learners in the same classroom regardless of age because at CAA we have no age limit. It's adults of all ages. I think our oldest adult now is 73. Okay, let's go back a little bit. Undergrad, <laughs> and then graduate, and then postgrad. Where did you go to school? Well, I started out in theater and film and radio and dance and musical theater, all those lovely performing arts areas at San Jose State where I got my bachelor's. I uh, went to Los Angeles, did those things for a while, and then um, got married, had my daughter, uh, and along the journey, um, pursued lots of different areas of the performing arts, kind of loved them all, and eventually uh, just decided that maybe I would take my performance and business experience and go into education and educational development. Um, it's kind of a long, long drawn out story there, a lot of, a lot of fun along the way, but um, once we uh, had our kids, we realized that uh, my old my, my daughter, uh, she has um, differing learning abilities herself. She was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome when she was nine. She's 30 now. So that was at a time when no one knew how to spell it or what it was. And we had to really dive into how she learns work at home uh, with an independent study program and just really figure out what that was all about and uh, the autistic spectrum, which was something very new at the time. So we used a lot of art, of course, in what we did together. And um, when she eventually went back into the uh, regular kind of class classroom in the typical school system and left uh, the home education that we had done for a couple of years, 
uh, I went back into the arts and realized how much fun it was going to be to try to plug in what I knew uh, into how to teach other individuals with maybe similar learning issues. So my master's became about uh, using acting study in order to teach cognitive developmental skills to individuals with autism. And that's where uh, I got involved in lots of different programs, theater in particular, and through that met my co-founder, Deanna Persai. Uh, and so the two of us together um, had been through very similar histories with a family member with special needs and understanding things that maybe aren't available or definitely weren't available at that time that uh, we would like to have seen become available decided the educational arena was something that we both were very passionate about. Deanna has her master's in special ed policy and has worked in special education for a long time. So the two of us uh, started what was going to be a performing arts school that could teach different types of areas, reading, writing, and things that the adults had um, told us in town hall meetings that they would like to learn through the channels of the arts. And very quickly, it became obvious that um, this needed to expand. And we were asked, could this be a real college? Can I get a diploma like my brother or my cousin or my neighbor just got? And we said, sure, of course. And then commenced to try to figure out how to do it. Um, they had access to finite programs that are just a matter of years, for example, on the college campuses. But as far as lifelong learning, when they need it, how they need it, anytime throughout life, like other adults can find at the community college, was um, not as available to them. So uh, that's where I went back for my doctorate and decided to figure out how to develop that type of curricula, those programs for them to learn within. Okay, the College of Adaptive Arts. How did you come up with that name? Oh, because it was arts focused. So we thought, well, Adaptive arts, you know, sounds great. Um, we're taking things that would typically be done and adapting them so that anybody could do them. Um, so whatever the skill level is, whatever the abilities are of the students that come to us, they tell us their dreams, their goals, what they want to learn, and then we just figure out how to create the resources and platforms for them to be able to do it. Um, I think the main reason why we really wanted to call it a college is because the adults were telling us, hey, if we come to classes, is this going to be like a real college? We said, yes, absolutely. It's a different model of college, and it is a college. Um, we started in a dance studio with uh, about 12 students. The first day, we opened the doors, and no one showed up. Second day, we had one student, and then it just kind of took off from there. Our office for a long time was the coffee shop next door to the dance studio, and just, you know, a little college that could. So anybody anywhere that has the desire to do something like this, if they've got a space to teach in a coffee shop, I think they're good to go. Um, we do actually want to connect with people doing that all over, all over the world, but um, most definitely those who are you know, interested in building programs for adults that would be lifelong. What are some of the programs that you offer? So we have 10 schools of study at the College of Adaptive Arts. So everything from science and technology and health and wellness 
to digital media studies, visual arts, theater, dance, communications, which houses our reading, our writing, uh, language studies, speaking with confidence, um, just a huge uh, bevy of classes for people to choose from. And the goal is that there's always something new to learn, fresh ideas, fresh faces, fresh uh, fresh things to do, definitely constantly new people to meet, and an ongoing expansion of the um, scope of friendships and community connections that can be created through those schools of study. So students come to us like any community college. They choose from what's now upwards of 70 classes a quarter in those different schools of study, and they get to pick whatever they want. So the classes that they sign up for, they're really excited about and engaged in. It's something that they want to study. It's something that uh, maybe they feel like they already have strengths in when they first come to us. We may have a student that's done a lot of art in the past, so maybe they just want art classes when they start. But once they get into the college and realize the connection of art to other things, meet other people and teachers and decide they want to try other classes, that's the most exciting thing, just that expansion of interests that the students have. Um, and then we have diploma tracks, private, privately credited, so we have our own model of crediting and of developing the curricula. Classes are three credits each, and it's all based on um, experience with and exposure to the concepts that are taught. So everything happens in class, although we do have activities outside of class. But this is the most fun part. When students come for a tour, the first thing we ask them is, okay, not sure how you feel about this, but just to let you know right up front, uh, we don't assign homework and we don't have tests. Is that okay with you? And they'll usually say, well, yeah. <laughs> and that takes a lot of the stress off that they immediately feel when they come for a tour. Often their um, uh, parent or friend or someone who's heard about us says, hey, let's go over there and check this college out. And they have sometimes preconceived ideas that this might not be something they could be successful at, maybe based on past experience. So that is just a wonderful icebreaker and lets them know right off the bat that this is just based on your own pace, the resources that you need, and you're going to move forward on your own learning journey along with all of your learning peers. So with the pandemic, did you pivot to online? We sure did. And, you know, we already had Zoom up because we have students that have uh, maybe medical fragility, transportation issues, maybe geogra uh, geographically, they're positioned in another state or somewhere, you know, somewhere else where they can't get to us, or they just, you know, don't have access to a way to get to us. Whatever the reason, they were able to zoom into classes before, um, and so we already had the how-tos, and we're working with families setting up for that, and we kind of, you know, thought that might be coming. It was the last week of the quarter, uh, the week that everything locked down, which I want to say was like March 17th. Uh, 2020, right? So we just decided since it's the last week of the quarter, let's just put everybody online and send out the how-tos, let them work through with our IT people uh, how to do that. And we were thinking this could take a while. We were amazed that families and the students pivoted. They had a lot of fun, you know, with this new way to come into class. And then of course, when everything locked down, they were really excited they could come into class. Um, for some students, it didn't work. 
uh, Zoom wasn't a, the computer. It just wasn't going to work for some students. And so we um, have stayed in touch with those families. And uh, last year when we opened up uh, options to be able to come back in kind of you know, limited capacities, those are the first people that we called to get those students back into class. Uh, but for most of the students and families, they just made the pivot. And we didn't miss a day in instruction, actually, by doing that. And then the following week was the beginning of our break between quarters. So we had a, you know, a couple of weeks to get everybody up and going. And um, Zoom has been actually a wonderful platform for CAA. It's a way to you know, reach people anywhere. And we've had students come into the college that maybe wouldn't have found out about us before, but because of our virtual tours that opened up being online, they were able to come in, do that, and, and then participate in the programs. And we're so happy to have them. So, Pamela, talk about your team, your partnerships, and your funding. There's a relationship there. Yes, absolutely. So, um, partnerships. We have uh, lots of, of course, community partners, sponsors. One of the most important partnerships that's happened during uh, COVID, while we were online, is that we... Uh, had to move out of our previous building. Uh, so in the process of that, uh, we were able to make a connection with West Valley College in Saratoga, California, and achieve a decades-long vision of being able to get these adults onto an equitable college campus placement so they could come to college like everybody else, and we're kind of a school of study here at the college. And um, had talked to many colleges about it in our area, and that that happened and came through while we were online. It was absolutely phenomenal. West Valley College has been an incredible friend to our students and a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, collaborative partner. One of the goals that we have here is to be able to uh, bring students in in a living learning lab kind of capacity that we're developing, where they can have a structured a process of uh, volunteering and interning and have some proofs that they show. We can actually deliver a certificate to the teacher or uh, to the student themselves. And uh, then that way they have something to take with them for the time that they've spent with our students. That's something we're in development right with right now. Uh, we also um, have, of course, a great relationship with the regional center. Our students, uh, for the most part, uh, go through the regional center here in California for funding for classes, but we also have private pay and scholarships and just many options for people to be able to come in and take classes. Um, gosh, and then also the partnerships that are developed between our schools of study, those directors and professors, and those on the college campus. So what we're doing here with West Valley is creating uh, a beta test, if you will, creating the model for how to have a replicable um, collegiate organization that could be placed on any campus anywhere. Uh, we truly are self-standing, you know, self-sufficient. So if you've got a space, we can just be placed right on that campus and we're good to go. <laughs> we're pretty independent that way, but we want to help other people to learn how to do that. Our goal would be to be able to transfer credits and have our students be able to decide which college they want to attend like everyone else, you know. So one of the terms we use for our model 
is we call them social franchises. So it's not a franchise operation, but we've developed an operations manual. And when somebody wants to set it up in their community across Canada, we call them a social franchise. I love that. That is wonderful. I love it. That's exactly what it is. And really, it's creating that net of support for each other um, so that these adults have the the bridges that they need to be able to do the things that they dream of doing and to have the satisfaction in their life, you know, and the success that they would like to have in areas that they choose. So one of the main things that we focus on is making sure everything is their choice. Ever since day one, um, they choose their classes, they choose their emphasis, uh, they choose if they want to come to class or not. We're the cardinals, so once a cardinal, always a cardinal. Um, and, and those choices are informing us of how to build. So if we decide that we're going to start a particular class or school of study, it'll go okay, you know, it'll run, some students will show up. But if they tell us what they want and they're excited about it, it always works. So really, virtually everything about the colleges come from the students and their families. Um, in, in addition to the way that they represent themselves because the vision for the students, the mission, all of that is around changing perceptions of ability and the students doing that. This is their platform to have a voice. We um, really try to make sure that the students are telling their story and the students are talking to the community about uh, their abilities and what they want to do. So they refer to themselves in our college as having all differing abilities, very similar to uh, your frame of mind as well, all differing abilities. And that means that they all have strengths and they have things that maybe aren't strengths like everybody else. So let's focus on the things that they love and that they are really excited about doing and build from there and see if we can expand them. So how much interaction is there with the parents? Oh, gosh. You know, we are the cardinal family. We really are. Uh, there, some of the students have parents that might be kind of a primary support individual. Other students are independent. Some um, don't have parents that live near them, that have someone else perhaps that's helping them to register and kind of navigate their, their learning journey. Uh, whoever that kind of primary support person is for the students, they're highly involved. They're always involved, actually. Um, we are just so happy to have that type of support, Be not just for the college and for the programs, but primarily for the students, because the learning needs to continue outside of CAA. Like every college and school, what we're trying to do is build skills that they take out, right? So we have a copyrighted um, model for teaching called the arts model, arts instruction model, that takes them through four stages of really core cognitive developmental learning skill sets that help them with everything, pragmatics and areas like, well, cause and effect thinking and self-advocacy and uh, all kinds of things like that that we can um, build into the way we teach, so no matter what we're teaching, those things are always going to be included. So talk about your teachers. Who teaches these programs? You can't the do it all by yourself. 
No, the most amazing and fantastic people you could imagine. They're wonderful. They're all just uh, able to jump into almost any class and teach. Uh, we really look for people who have a connection to our students, an area that they are, are bringing in that's of expertise. Um, and we train them in our models of instruction that primarily that they love the students and the students love them. And uh, they're really excited to learn how to just continually serve them in ways that are going to help them to grow all across the board. Um, our staff, I think right now we have about 35 in our staff, um, which is, uh, you know, artists and dancers and computer specialists. And uh, we have animators and you name it, right? Uh, so our staff is really the foundation of what we do. Um, you know, this is just a story of a whole lot of people working together to create an opportunity that allows the students to stand upon like a, a giant platform to be able to shine and, and to spotlight them, to illuminate their abilities, and for them to show others what's possible. So, uh, gosh, our staff members are so passionate, and they constantly inform how we teach and, and what we teach, most definitely. You need to have a program on starting a business. I've, I've worked with 720 startups. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you say that. We actually are starting a council, a national council on special adult education and lifelong learning. It's called SAIL, the, you know, the initials there, the CAA SAIL. And so what we're doing with that is not only talking and and collectively you know creating a, a think tank across the country and, and globally about this profession and how to build these things for these adults but also to create it for the adults themselves to step out on of course and illuminate their abilities in such a larger way and share with others in such a larger way what they need and what they want in the way of learning and education so, so we're excited about getting that going. It's just starting right now. We're just launching it. First webinar is June 29th. Um, and there's a little save the date on our website for that. And we'll see where it goes. And it, just like with the students and the classes, uh, people come in, those who are potential students, supporters of potential students, researchers, those creating you know, information to share, uh, anyone who uh, can, uh, professionals that want to grow in this arena to serve students in this way. Um, anyone that would like to come in and just continue to build the knowledge base of how to do this and um, that it could happen anywhere for everybody. So does SAIL have a website? It's on our CAA website. It's okay. the CAA SAIL. Yeah, so it's collegeofadaptivearts.org. And you just go to the uh, Worldwide Vision tab, and uh, our first information about it is right there. So if anyone is interested, you know, we'd just love to have them join us in a webinar or email us anytime. And the goal is just a, just a great big think tank to build this up for people that need it. Okay, so let's look forward. Three years from today, what's CAA going to look like? Well, the goal would be to be on more college campuses, running our replicable model, and hopefully those college campuses will be in other states as well as California, uh, to be online and on site. Online, we can serve people pretty much anywhere. We do have students um, sprinkled 
in other states, Texas, Florida. Uh, we also have some individuals that have come to us from other countries that are interested in taking classes and we're getting ready to see what that would look like and how we could make that happen. Because as you know, online, just like us right now, you could talk to anybody anytime. And, uh, and the online learning is really a, a wonderful place for students to feel engaged by that direct connection. Everybody's very close up, you know, and people are looking at you and acknowledging you. Um, it can be wonderful for learners. Uh, sometimes uh, we think of online learning as something that gets kind of observed but at CAA, it's become something that's very much um, engaged in and experienced. So you're really developing a hybrid model. We sure are. We sure are. Okay. We right. sure are. There's so many. There's so many sides to you know what I think people would like to have happen that are taking classes and learning about CAA. You know. One of the things that's so interesting is that there are programs on college campuses. We certainly aren't standing up saying, we're the only ones providing college to these adults, because we're not. But we are the only ones so far that we can find um, in our state, nationally, that's providing it throughout life, however they need it, um, in this kind of an inclusive way, at any time. Leave for two years, come back, once a cardinal, always a cardinal, as we were saying. Uh, and that, that model, that real true kind of community college model, it does seem to be something new. But please, if anyone is doing this in a different way or a similar way, let us know because we would love to, you know, to connect, provide opportunities for our students to take classes at other colleges as well. Uh, but right now, for the students that we have found or that have found us, um, this is the, uh, the only opportunity currently, um, particularly for our students who are older. Like, as I said, the oldest is 73. And uh, many of those students have not accessed, say, their reading skills or their writing skills yet because education, formal structured education, does drop off for adults with uh, special needs, uh, say, you know, mid to late 20s. Those, those opportunities are not what they used to be. And for definitely the students that we serve, there's no limit to when they're ready to you know, developmentally to learn a concept or that they might need to be retaught that concept, <laughs> you know, many times throughout life. Um, some students come to us and, you know, they suddenly start to access some of these skills because it is a focused, structured, concentrated curricula for them. But it's not because they came into our class and suddenly they know how to read. It's because a lot of things have happened before that and then it all kind of blooms in a moment and we get to see it, and, but then we get to also nurture it and keep it going. And so the opportunity to keep those experiences happening throughout life is so important for them. And that is one of the great benefits of being able to choose classes uh, that they feel that they need or areas that they want to grow, refresh in, and just that continued instruction in areas. And again, through uh, channels of cognitive developmental learning that will open them up to learn other things as well. So part of your role is research. So tell Absolutely. us how you measure the outcomes of what that you're doing. That is such a, such a great question because so much of this is so qualitative, right? But we do have an uh, assessment model that we've put together based on these skill sets that are measurable, that they do measure um, 
for example, at the State Regional Center, we can uh, give them kind of an arts-based uh, rating scale of where the student is at this time um, in a particular skill after a particular class. That said, they may be in one class and have a skill like um, cause and effect thinking, but they're, they're really doing well and it seems like they're just putting things together so beautifully. But in another class where they maybe are just learning um, in an area, or it's just a different area and uh, approached completely differently, you know, cognitively, maybe they're still struggling with that. So it's not like they all of a sudden, um, you know, hit a goal and now they've got it for the rest of their life in every area of life. You know, it's a constant assessment of where they're at. But really for our students, because the diplomas and the credits are private based on where they are, um, that they put in the hours of learning and it's just continuing to do that and build uh, their knowledge base, you know, really get down with the drill and, uh, you know, put in those hours toward those diplomas um, because that's the way that we uh, gauge their learning. Um, we aren't as worried. We don't have grades. Uh, it's not like, oh, you've hit this skill, so now you're done with that class. They just continue to take what they enjoy and, and build those skills. So I guess the bottom line is we assess um, skills that are more uh, soft skills, we assess those developmental skills much more than we would, you know, create a bar for uh, how well you read a particular paragraph, or if you're able to, in a film class, do your own editing of a whole film, you know, maybe you're working with the group and you can contribute something and you're excited by that, but you're going to learn how to do it along the way. So, Pam, um, what is your website before we forget? It's www.collegeofadaptivearts.org. Okay. And Th thank you uh, for your passion, and it's terrific what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I um, just want to say that our students' motto is showcase ability, and that really is the focus of everything that we do, uh, focus on fun and really uh, having a lot of engagement in the classes that the students participate in, you know, fostering a culture of active engagement and high expectations, never giving up on anybody, maintaining a safe space and, you know, bully-free ex expression of everything that you want to bring forward in classes, welcomed just really celebrating every moment of the journey and building bridges for successful community relationships for sure.